You're listening to the Tube Life Podcast with Patrick and Alex. We're here to learn from other creators and entrepreneurs how to become better creators ourselves, and we want to take you on our journey with us to be inspired and to help you achieve your own goals. Thank you for joining us on our journey into the Tube Life. And today we have Jared Spink with us from the very excellent The Hive Podcast. And Jared also runs his own YouTube channel, as well as being a full-time photographer and videographer. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jared. Um, great to have you with us. How are you? How are you today? Good, man. Good. I'm, I'm, thanks for having me on. I'm loving this. I love that I'm in the middle of you guys too. Like this is great. <laughs> the uh, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the center of the tension, I guess, on the show today. <laughs> so, um, so, so talk to us a little bit about your podcast because we're super interested in that. It's obviously doing very well. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So I have a, I have a podcast. Uh, it's called the Hive Podcast. It's all about the creative community and having conversations with the creative community, photographers, videographers, YouTubers, um, really, you name it. Um, and it's all about their journey as creatives to help uh, motivate others to to take that leap because that that initial leap is so, so tough. So hopefully hearing um, the stories of other creatives who have take that, taken that leap and have had success motivates others to do the same. And we dive into um, what I really love is the entrepreneurship of creativity, because at, at this point and in, in this time that we're living in, uh, creativity is another means of entrepreneurship. A lot of people are making businesses out of it. So I love diving into that side of it. Absolutely. And uh, so we noticed, I mean, Alex and I, we both consider ourselves COVID creators, if you will. We all That's started right. in, uh, you know, somewhere in the beginning of 2020 and, uh, you know, we've had this idea for a long time, but then all this time frees up and, you know, we start the channel. We noticed there, uh, there is a, a similar timing timeline with your, uh, your podcast. Is that a coincidence or is that also for you? Has that been the the moment where you said, okay, let's do it. Yeah, I guess, I guess I didn't really, I don't really say like I started it because COVID and I had all this time, but it, I guess the timing worked out where it kind of seems that way. And, and I'm sure it had something to do with it, but looking back, like I, I don't feel like that was a reason for it, but yeah, the time, the timeline definitely is the same. I've wanted to start a podcast for, oh man, going back to like 2010, a uh, long, long time ago. I, I'm an avid podcast listener, love living, uh, listening to podcasts, always wanted to start one, but like a lot of creatives allowed myself to get talked out of my ideas <laughs> and not, and not pulling the trigger. And finally, you know, I think I was just binge watching a lot of YouTube videos about podcasting. Uh, the steps needed, the gear that's needed. Um, I stumbled across Tom Buck's channel who just made a ton of great videos on gear you need for podcasts. And I'm a gearhead, So uh, I was in a place where I could get the gear that I wanted for it and kind of get it to a spot that I'd be happy with starting the podcast and releasing it. And it kind of just went from there. You know, I learned a ton along the way, because let me tell you, it's not about having the right gear that helps, but there's Technique means way more than gear. And would yeah. you say that the gear is, was was kind of part of why you you kind of delayed that start? Right, it's, it's a long time, and I, you know, from experience, and I know Patrick the same. We started quite late. Right? We're not we're not young chickens anymore. <laughs> um, was, was gear a factor in, in you? Sort of, oh, and no, I just need to get a, a better microphone or a better camera or whatever. Was that a factor? Yeah, for you? It, it was. And I before starting the podcast. I mean, I just, I, I really didn't know a ton about audio, right? Like right. 
I mean, if I would have started the podcast in 2010, it would would have been with like a blue Yeti or a blue like snowball. Like, and I mean, I honestly think they sound like crap. So I'm, I'm glad, (laughs) I'm glad I didn't, I didn't do it then. Um, But diving into the research of like, what is a good microphone? Like, what's the difference between a USB and an XLR microphone? And um, I think, I think that's a, that's a good story in itself because it, it should tell people you don't need to know about the gear to get started. You can learn all that. And I learned about audio during this whole time. I learned how to to edit audio during this time and what's a compressor and what's an EQ and a limiter. Like I just, I didn't have the experience, but I had the passion to do it. I got the gear and I learned how to use it. So nice. It's kind of the journey in, in short. <laughs> cool. You mentioned Tom Buck. I mean, we're, we're the three of us. We're all, you know, huge Tom Buck fans, or at least Alex and I are. Definitely. And uh, he's definitely one of the first uh, creators that I started uh, following when I was actually thinking about starting my own channel because of the gear reviews, I guess. And I also found him, you know, really approachable, you know, for advice, etc. Are there, you know, other channels apart from Tom's that you draw inspiration from or that you drew in- inspiration from before you started? Uh, for the podcast, I mean, just for podcasting, honestly, no, like Tom's channel. Um, I rave about him enough. Tom, if you ever listen, I'm not stalking you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but his, his information was so good and was it was it was what I needed at the right time. Um and yeah, I drew a lot, just a ton of inspiration from his channel for podcasting. I mean, I watch a ton of YouTube channels about creativity and filmmaking and, you know, photography. But when it comes to just podcasting, Tom's was a, a big inspiration and his podcast. Um, you know, I was a big fan of the Golden Hour podcast, too. So I drew a lot of inspiration from that and Dave and, and the guys over there. Um, but I also try not to consume too much content because I find that if you consume too much content based around what you're creating, um, I find for myself that actually holds me back from creating because you start to compare yourself to these other creators inevitably and like, oh, I want to do that, but I don't know if I can do it as good, you know, when maybe, maybe you can, maybe you can do it better, but um, you get in your own head and it holds you back. So I do drive, I, I do take a lot of inspiration from other creatives, but I also try not to over consume um, on content because at least for me, I find that um, it starts making me self-conscious about what I can create and, and can hold, hold me back. Interesting. So now that you are, um, you know, so into the uh, YouTube channel and the podcast and you know, obviously a thing or two about gear, would you say that you still, are you still buying the gear, you know, like you used to, because I used to be a huge gearhead and I used to buy stuff all the time just because I'm into it. And that kind of made me decide to start a channel because, you know, I might as well. But uh, I've learned that, you know, the more I spend time with my YouTube channel, the less interested I get in, in buying you know, little bits of gear. Would you say that's true for you as well? Yeah, I definitely don't buy as much gear or accessories right that was always big like what can i get to make this camera better (laughs) i i definitely don't buy as much anymore um my purchases now though are bigger and more expensive (laughs) when i do need to get gear because it's usually like a big you know main piece of gear that maybe you want to upgrade to like a camera or uh you know an expensive microphone or something but um yeah I, i find myself not buying as much but when i do buy something it's way more expensive because <laughs> I know what I want now and um, I want to buy once and not cheap and a thousand times. Good point. Absolutely. 
Yeah. I think Alex also discovered that recently. He's uh, he's been spending. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. It, what you just said there, Jared. Yeah, yeah. you kind of buy something cheap and cheerful to start with, and then you realize now you need to you need to step up, and you end up buying twice. <laughs> just... Yeah, you buy twice, and you spend either more or as much if you would have just got the thing that you wanted in the first place. So um, try to be patient, guys. Like if there's a, a like a computer, a camera, just wait. Like the pay, just wait. Because you'll have that buyer's remorse if you don't really get what you want. That's right. So um, so we noticed that your podcast basically took off immediately. And you had some really good, great, big names on. How did you manage to do that? Like, Well, thanks. Teaches you... <laughs> <Each is> your <laughs> secrets. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't feel like it's even taken off yet. So that's, that's really nice, nice to hear. Um, you know, I started with just the podcast evolved definitely over time. I mean, it started with the idea of interviewing creatives and entrepreneurs. So people that are in the, you know, camera and filmmaking industry, YouTube industry, but also entrepreneurs, people in the, in the business industry, whether it's a coffee shop owner or a local business owner. Um, and that's how the podcast started because I needed guests, right. And needed to be a little, <laughs> I, I couldn't be as selective as I, as I am now um i needed to be a little bit more open do i have on the show but i still had a direction that i wanted to go um and as the show progressed it it really did evolve into now it's just creatives and the entrepreneurship of creativity um but initially you know you you have to get started it's okay for your podcast to evolve over time and the idea to change so don't don't let that hold you back from starting any creative journey that you have to have a niche right off the bat because we hear that a lot but it's okay to figure it out along the way. As long as you just get started. I preach that all the time. And my hat says that just get started. Um, so I had local businesses and people I knew um, before COVID started. Um, I was working out of a, a co-working space. So I got to meet a lot of just small business owners and entrepreneurs and got to have them on the show initially. And then, you know, I knew some local photographers. I knew a, a local photographer that uh, shot uh, photos for a local city magazine, had her on the show and just started to get that base so I could reach out to the, you know, people I really, really wanted on the show. So, so you, I could say, Hey, I'm establishing, you know, I'm, I'm past that seven episode hurdle where podcasts just fall off. Like here, would you come on my show? And then I started surprisingly, like people would say yes. And I'd get super excited. You know, I had done it, did it and Sydney Dionzen and um, Dave Mays and, like a bunch of great guys and it kind of just snowballed from there. And it's, it's been great meeting all these creatives and having really cool one-on-one -on -one conversations that all you guys get to listen to as well. Absolutely. Yeah. That you, you're helping the community as well at the same time, right? Cause you, you, by interviewing these people, you're, you're asking them questions that we all want to know as well. So it's yeah. definitely a lot of value in that. I mean, that, that's the goal. And that's what motivated me, you know, like, like I said, the golden hour podcast with Dave, like listening to all these creatives really inspired me. And I kind of wanted to do, do the same, but dive a little more into the entrepreneurship and a little bit more into the journey and not just what they're doing now. But like, tell me about those early days. Tell me about those struggles. What were those like, uh oh, moments like, oh, crap, like I shouldn't have done that. I totally messed that up. It's great to hear that from people like, you know, Peter Lindgren, who has half a million YouTube followers and is like a he's, he's a huge success. But like, tell me about those early days. Like, what did you screw up on? <laughs> I want to know episode, because actually, it makes yeah. me feel a lot better. <laughs> His approach to how to deal with uh, sponsors is great. And that, that, I listened to that on, on your podcast. So it was really an eye opener sometimes because we, we do sometimes 
price ourselves a bit low. Um, oh, but, but what sometimes, said, like most of the time. <laughs> but you just touched on something that we were going to ask you anyway, which is, you know, when you're starting, now that you, you have established and you, you know, you've got all those big names come in, do you, would you do anything differently um, if you were to start again, knowing what you know now? Whew, would I do anything differently? I mean, it's hard to say looking back because I don't know if you would be here or where I'm at now if I did things differently. Would I not be here? Would I be further along? I don't, I don't know. That's that's the right. whole thing about the journey is um, it's your journey. I, I wouldn't trade anything for it at all. Um, I think the only thing I would have done a little like differently off the bat was to try to be a little bit more organized. I, I'm pretty organized now where the majority of my guests, if they're going to come on, they get a link to schedule it. It has dates and times they can choose from questionnaires like can you record your own audio? Can you, uh, are you okay being on camera? Like there's questions and it's a little bit more organized. That would have been a little bit better off the bat, you know, but uh, I wouldn't take notes. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't change much. Yeah. There's so much, so much to consider when you, when you want to do something like this, it's, uh, it's not as easy as it seems. We found that out the hard way. (laughs) It's not easy. And there's a, right. There's a million ways to skin a cat. There's a million ways to, to, to do this there's there's tons of different programs there's you know we're live streaming there's different live stream softwares which one's going to be the best for you there's different podcast hosts which one's going to be the best for you there's different ways to get your logo designed different ways different programs to edit i mean different programs to edit audio there's different things to do the same exact thing and it can be a little overwhelming at, at first so um you got to just find what what works for you and just learn along the way cool so your background, uh, of course, we did a little bit of homework. Uh, uh, you, you, your background is in in um, marketing and brands, right? Brand brand manager. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I came. I was in the beer industry beer industry for a long time in the marketing department, working with a ton of different craft brands of craft beer that we would sell, and uh, really working to get their marketing deployed in our market, and working with them on that and what fit best. And um, yeah, so that. That's kind of my my background, brand strategy, strategy executing brand strategy. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I guess that I is my background. That helps you in in the in this kind of work. Uh, so how did you kind of implement that knowledge in in uh, YouTube and your podcast? How does that help you today? Yeah, so consistency. I mean, that's a, when you're trying to build a brand. The most important thing is consistency, and it's okay to change, make minor changes gradually along the way to get to the point that you want. If you're going to make a big change, take a little break, <laughs> maybe like for a, uh, a couple of weeks or, or even a month and then relaunch like the new and it's not a new brand. Right. It's just a, a redesign because you, you're never changing your brand. Your brand is you and that's what you do. Right. You're not going to change. But maybe the the stylistic things behind it do a little bit. And so it's a redesign. But, um, yeah, it definitely went into like color schemes, consistency. Um, trying to keep like the posts for the the podcast consistent uh, across the board. So each episode basically looks the same from a branding aspect. Um, so that's the most important thing, kind of find out what your brand is, your colors, your logos, and, you know, just what represents your brand and stay consistent with it and give it time to work. I love how you, how you name your episodes as well. Cause it's, it's, and I was going to ask you as well, because obviously for us is mostly. I changed. I changed it lately. I'm not sure if you noticed that. I, I, I changed. Noticed, uh, I yeah, I've noticed it. it, which is a bit of a you know you've got a theme 
based on the person you're interviewing, which I think is right. really clever. Um, and, and for us, it's obviously the thumbnails that we're always kind of trying to, to keep consistent and whatever, obviously learning the wrong way, uh, the hard way. Um, is, is there anything else that you do around that in terms of, yeah, kind of little little tricks of the trade, if you like, that you say, you know, it's, it's working for you? Uh, I mean, tricks of the trade is um, have a folder on your computer and save all your brand assets so they're easy to find and you can reuse them, right? Like for my thumbnails now, uh, I'm starting to, again, starting to make little tweaks on the brand, trying to clean it up a little bit. I mean, it's an ongoing process, right? It's just you build a brand, you're consistent with the look and the overall theme and look is the same, but it's okay to make little changes over time. Um, save all your assets, save like the master, fo- you know, Photoshop uh, file. So all you have to do, I mean, just little, that way you can, I can drag in the, uh, templates, the, yeah. the templates. Yeah. That's the big thing. Templates have templates for all your assets. So it's quick and easy because you don't want to be reconstructing that stuff each time. And if you have the templates, it just makes the consistency easier and that look to stay the same. Good point. Thanks, Alan. Nice. <laughs> Templates. Uh, just going to the audience for one second. We have a question here by Michael uh, Soledad, who also who also has a an amazing YouTube channel, by the way. I've Absolutely. He's local too for me. Like, I mean, we're both ah. in San Diego. We're like an hour apart, but we're still right. in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Michael? Amazing setup videos, I think. Uh, yeah. Excellent. So he's asking, uh, I don't know if you can see that question actually, but he's asking, do you still fly drones for client work? If yes, have things started picking up again since the beginning of the pandemic? Uh, So yes, I still do. Uh, uh, I mean, maybe for the first like two weeks, but it actually got way busier. Like, I don't think my business, my my photography and videography business where it's at today, if it wasn't for the pandemic, the pandemic bad was great for business. (laughs) So, um, so this this uh, freelance business you have um, was that kind of what brought you to, you know, to YouTube, or or is it just something you love doing? Uh, did you do photography first, or were you a videographer to begin with? Okay, to begin with, I think a lot of people a lot of people start out that way. Um, yeah, and it was always kind of just like a side thing. Like I started the YouTube channel before the business um, officially started. I was kind of doing photography as a side hustle. Why I was income. And then when that company got bought out and I didn't want to stay on, um, it made it a lot easier to transition to do this full time. Um, and yeah, I was dabbling into YouTube. Do not go look at my early video guys. Please do not go look at my early videos. They're horrible. Um, I had no idea what I was doing because I was a photographer first, not a videographer. And I've learned the videography along the way. Um, and I've gotten the gear that I want that helps. A lot of people say gear doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't when it comes to getting started, but it absolutely does matter um, if you know how to use it because you can get great quality. Look, the image you're seeing now, like it wouldn't be this if I didn't have the right gear and know how to use it. So um, again, <laughs> um, I think you just answered it. Awesome. Just, uh, there we go. What is what, what got you into YouTube? But I think you, you basically answered that question. Yeah, photography got me into YouTube because I... You get a camera and you're stoked. You want to learn how to use it. Where do you turn to YouTube and you start finding right. all these creatives and awesome. You know, with the technology, right? Every year there's a new camera, there's new lenses all over the place, new technology, right? 8K, 12K even now. Um, yeah. You know, do, do you, what do you do, first of all, to, to keep up to those trends and have your clients outside of YouTube, have they started asking for 8K footage? I mean, you've already nah. talked about aerial footage, but 
Is it too, now, too I, premature? I don't think, I mean, the clients I work with aren't asking for that. And because I mean, the most, the most of the client, I, most of my work is in the real estate industry. So realtors, they're not tax, 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 uh, tech savvy people. I mean, I have a hard time just getting them to, to know how to download all the assets I create for them, let alone having them ask for, you know, an 8k camera. You, I, I shoot on a 6k camera. They wouldn't know the difference. They guarantee they don't know the difference. Um, and as, as much of a gearhead as I am, um, I'm also very into the business aspect and profitability and margins and making sure I'm making money and banking money for the business. And so getting the the best gear as much as I want it isn't necessarily the best for the business. Um, you know, I did get the Mavic three. Did I need it? Absolutely not. Is, are my clients going to be able to tell that I'm shooting on a four third sensor versus a one inch sensor um, compared to the Mavic two pro? Absolutely not. Um, they can't tell. I can't charge for a better camera because they can't tell the difference. Try telling them that, you know, like I'm shooting on a four thirds Mavic three and this guy is shooting on a, on a, on a Mavic air. <laughs> I have to charge the same price. Cause that's the industry rate, you know, like, yeah. so you don't necessarily need the best gear to, for your business, but I like having the best gear and that sometimes becomes an issue. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we have a question here from the audience from tech PhD, Johannes. Um, and it's actually a really cool question, but it's going into YouTube a little bit. So he's asking, okay. what do you think is the fine line between making content you enjoy and catering to the YouTube algorithm? We all have that issue, you know, where we want to make stuff that we really like, but that's not necessarily the stuff that YouTube likes. So how do you balance that? You're approaching YouTube, right? It, it really is. And I think um, initially, I mean, you should do this all the time. It, it shouldn't just be initially. You should create for the fun and create what you want to create. Um, that's my that's my input. Create what you want to create. Have fun doing it. Your viewers, if you build it, they will come, right? If you're enjoying it, they can tell you're enjoying it, that you're having fun. It's going to come across in the videos. And the algorithm is going to work for you. If you're making stuff solely on the algorithm, um, I think you're approaching YouTube completely wrong. Um, and then why are you even doing it if you're not finding it fun? Um, it is it is a balance. So you you got to take some self-reflection. What? Why am I creating? Um, I know some people create just for the algorithm. And I, I just won't do that. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> the key word is the balance, as you said. There, yeah. 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 Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, if you have to do things that you don't like all the time, then you're just going to hate it. Yeah. Um, so, but if you so enjoy what you're creating and you know how, you know, the key things to help it, what you're creating, do well with the algorithm, then you're in a good spot. But um, yeah, there's the, just that balance. You got to love what you're doing to begin with. Right. So, so you have a YouTube channel and you have a podcast. The podcast, obviously, the YouTube channel is doing well. Um do you have do you prioritize one over the other or you're trying to grow them both at the same time how do you do it uh do i sorry do i prioritize the youtube channel over what what, what was over your podcast or vice versa like uh, do you spend uh, podcast time? comes first 100 percent right. podcast comes first um i would consider myself a podcaster before a youtuber because i, I mean i love making videos they they're just I love them, but they're hard <laughs> and they're hard and they're time and they're time consuming and it takes a lot of work and the podcast, the video version I do on the audio one. Um, again, you got to learn, you learn along the way, you learn your workflow. I save, you know, 
now that I'm always using the same mic and I'm always on the same settings, I can have my EQ, my compressor, my limiter all saved. So I just slap those on. Um, I use the same ones for, for my guests and they might need just a little bit of tweaking, very little. Um, and then uh, I keep my episodes a little shorter now just for, for my own sanity and on editing. For some reason, I always wait till Sunday to, to edit at Monday's episode. <laughs> like I'm the worst at it. It's always Sunday. Um, but keeping them shorter and just having my, my workflow down and yeah, they're just, they're just easier for me and I love doing them. I can so relate to that. I'm, I'm definitely a last minute hero. I need that pressure or nothing gets done. <laughs> I got to stop doing that. Cause I want to enjoy my Sundays more. And it's not that like editing's not enjoyable, but it's also like my wife's off. Like she's out in the living room, hanging out, watching TV or, you know, playing with the dog or, or doing like, and I'm in the office editing. So um, I really need to get better at that. <laughs> Amen. We have another question. This is uh, from uh, purposely pixel. Asking, uh, Jared, what are are some of your favorite brands when it comes to gear and equipment? That's, that's a tricky one. Brands. Yeah, I guess, it, I mean, it, it depends on the equipment, right? Um, but when it comes to audio, Rode 100%, like Rode, uh, even though I'm using a Shure SM7B because, I mean, the podcast, is, it, it, it's like, the, it's the staple. It's like the whole of microphones when you're podcasting, like, you're like, oh, I can't afford it yet, but I want that one. Um, and honestly, like, I can't tell that much of a difference. I edit podcasts every week. I've been doing this for a while now. And the difference between this and a $99 pod mic from Rode, very unnoticeable. Like, I can notice the difference, but your listeners will not tell the difference. 100% will not tell the difference. But um, Rode, for sure. I mean, I love my Rodecaster. Other than this mic, most of my stuff is Rode. All my camera microphones are, are Rode microphones. I just think they make great stuff at a super affordable price. I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? Quality and affordability. Uh, when it comes to cameras, um, it depends what I'm doing. I don't, I don't use like the same camera for everything. So for photography, I use Nikon's. Um, I had to use them for video because that's what I had. I hate the quality of Nikon video. I don't get how like their ads for their videos look so stinking good. And I'm like, I can never get that image quality. <laughs> they use the Sony okay. for that. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, the, the new, uh, was it Z nine or, or whatever, like that shoots eight K and you're looking at like the, the ads you get on Instagram. You're like, Oh my God, that looks so good. I'm like, I can never do that though. Like I, I can't get that image quality, but I love them for photography. Um, for video, Black Magic. I love Black Magic. I wish it had autofocus, but um, you know, I again, I'm using, I'm doing a lot of real estate stuff, and I don't want to use autofocus for real estate because I don't want it hunting when you're doing a shot and you don't notice to your home editing. You're like, oh man, it like it focused on the wall and then it hunted and focused on like a, a random pillow. You're like, no, um, manual focus for real estate. So having a manual focus camera doesn't matter. I love Black Magic. Uh, images and the, the ability to have like LUTs baked in to, you know, their, their flat profile. You can just, it's just so easy to get a nice image out of black magic. So um, yeah, that's kind of the gear I use road, black magic, Nikon. I think that's it. When what it other, to, I mean, what other gear? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Uh, when it comes to uploading your content and obviously sharing it with the world or with your clients, um, 
how do you feel about the this trend of you know kind of vertical content short style content are you are you into that are you using that for your business or instagram reels or whatever are you i mean i'm using it for myself for myself personally i'm not developing it for for clients um unless they specifically ask for it um yeah if they ask for it yeah i'll shoot shoot i'll i'll cut a version but um um i don't like it right because the quality quality is not that great unless you're actually shooting a vertical video and turning your camera sideways and, and shooting mm-hmm. it otherwise you're just punching in on an image you, it, the quality degrades um and like that's just not how we see the world <laughs> no yeah unless you're dancing on tiktok <laughs> yeah like you don't see the world through a vertical image <laughs> true do you do you use uh, a lot of social media to, to promote your main content oh like uh, yeah i mean i i use Instagram, Twitter to promote, promote the podcast and occasionally my YouTube videos when, when I post them, but yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely you should, right. Cause everybody's on it 24 yeah. seven. So can we go back to the, uh, the business side of YouTube, uh, which is obviously something very intriguing, something you don't think of when you're starting a YouTube channel, but when you get into it, you notice very quickly that you should be viewing it as a business or at least like a little startup. And um, my question there would be like, what was your moment where you basically decided I'm going to create her full time? I'm going to, you know, do this for a living. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, before, before the company I was working for got bought out, um, I was already doing it as a side hustle and it just came from, I have the gear. I want more gear. How can I afford more gear by making money with the stuff I already have? Um, and so that's how it, it kind of just got started. And, you know, just reaching out to a friend that was a real estate agent, like, hey, can I shoot? Can I try shooting your next listing? And it kind of just snowballed from there and um, making money, shooting stuff with my cameras and then expanding my services and then uh, kind of set up then for making that that change. Um, and it's a huge leap. It's it's a scary leap, right? Like it's it's not easy there's no magic answer or path to do it um i mean there are like the basic steps you have to take but um it's difficult it's absolutely scary so i understand why it's hard for people to take that leap because i mean there's other stuff outside of social media right like i mean we got health insurance you got to pay your bills you got to do all this stuff and you got to figure out how you're going to afford that and make money as a creative doing that and everybody does it slightly different. So there's no right answer. You just got to find what works for you um, and definitely hustle and not do not feel bad that you charge people to do something you love because you're just one of the lucky people that get to make money doing what you love. hundred percent. Did you ever get any, any help or or did you ever think about, you know, quote unquote, outsourcing some of your stuff? So if like the editing, absolutely. You know what? I do that now. Um, It took me a long time to, to take that leap. Um, mainly because, you know, like I want to make all the money. I don't want to like give away any of that money. You want to make all the money. Um, but it got to the point where I was busy enough and I found, uh, someone that was affordable enough to outsource all my, my photo editing for, for my real estate projects. So now I outsource all that. It, it's a huge time saver. Um, and the, I mean, to be quite honest, like the quality was, is even better than what I was doing on my own. So like, it's, it's a time saver. It, it actually probably up the quality that I'm able to deliver um, because I'm not trying to rush through it to, to just have time for myself. Um, so yeah, absolutely outsource if you can, 
you got to you got to hustle at the beginning. You got to do things on your own to start your business. But once it starts getting off the ground, absolutely look for ways to outsource. That way you can fit in more more jobs because I'm not taking on all the back end stuff on my on my own. So now I can take on more jobs. It off way offsets the cost of of the photo editing. And I found a, a good workflow for my videos. I don't outsource the videos. Um, I haven't found anybody that's that can deliver the quality I want at an affordable cost. Um, right. Because photo like a good video editor costs a lot of money. So I, I still edit my own videos, <clears throat> but I found a really good workflow. Like I have a batch of music that I I use for all all my uh, real estate videos, depending on the house and how big it is and stuff. And I'll use that song. I know exactly where to cut. I shoot in a way where it's basically how my first clip is where I want to start the video. And my last clip is where I want to end the video. So I can drag that all in the timeline, chop it up a little bit to the music. And I try to nail the colors in camera. That's the great thing about black magic is you can, um, you can, you can film and have the LUT baked in. But even though it's baked in, you still have flexibility in post to get rid of any like off, you know, color tints. You know, in real estate, you get a lot of those like tungsten lightings and white walls. And so like, you know, I desaturate the whites, desaturate the blacks so they're white and they're black and maybe bring down some of the yellow in the in the images from the lights. And you can still do all that without messing up the image. And yeah, the workflow is just I have it down to where like I can get home and I can edit a real estate video in like 30 minutes, if not less, you know, if anything, it's the computer wow. that holds me up more than me. Wow. <laughs> 30 minutes. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, and and yeah. you're right. I think it's when you get to that point where, you know, you, you nailed your workflow, there's no yeah. need to, to, to let go of it. Um, I'm, I think in my case, or I don't know about Patrick, but I'm still trying to find what, what that style is, what that consistency looks like so that I can gain, uh, can then give it to someone. I have considered it and I've tried it with one or two videos but you're, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. With video, is so tricky and quite costly as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, costly um, to get somebody good. <laughs> yes. Because you look at like what the standard is for a real estate video and it's crap. Like a lot of it is, is, is really just horrible and not good. And I try to make mine a little bit more cinematic and not your standard, like typical walkthrough. Like I like to do um, not just tracking in the room, but I like getting pans and zooms and just better music that than most real estate videos. And um, I just try to take it to a little bit. I mean, it's not like a cinematic movie, but I try to make it a little bit more cinematic, a little bit more intriguing than the typical videos that are out there. How do you deal with the different lighting? Because I guess each house, each, you know, each place you go to shoot is completely different from a lighting perspective. How do you how do you deal with that? Yeah, I don't stress about that too much, right? Because I mean, the lighting is the lighting, and I'm not trying to make the home look different than it than it it really is. You want to make it look as as good as possible. But the nice thing is, as I'm shooting the videos on, you know, a Blackmagic 6K, and it's got dual native ISO, I can shoot at 400, or I can shoot all the way up at to 3200, and those are kind of the two I live between 400 or or 3200, and then I'll just adjust the aperture, so I can really handle any any lighting scenario because of the tools mm -hmm. i'm using um, and it's got nice. built-in false color so i can make sure everything is exposed properly so that's been a huge huge help having the right tools cool that's awesome so by the way i just had to run out that's you know that's the uh, the perils of being live and working from home <laughs> <laughs> the only one here and uh, the door rang so that's that's um what happened there um all right 
I did have a, a bit of a question um, uh, about we, we talked about, you know, going into YouTube from a different background. In your case, you, you were working with, uh, you know, in photo and video. But I've also noticed that there's a lot of people that just started a YouTube channel, found out that they love cameras. And now they're looking to make a next step into a different business like wedding photography or, you know, real estate like yourself. What advice would you give them? How to start that business? And how do you get yourself in there? How do you get the ball rolling? Uh, yeah. Uh, ROI out of advertising, a photography industry uh, business or videography business. Um, I, you got to take the initiative and hustle. You got to reach out to people. Um, you got to offer to do jobs. Um, yeah, it's just, it, there's no right path. It's You really just got to hustle. And once you get your foot in the door, you'll find that the majority of your business is all word of mouth. So um, deli- my hustle and deliver your best and it'll grow from there. You'll succeed. So, and I've heard somebody say, you know, it's a good idea to do some free stuff in the beginning. Would you agree with that? No, no, <laughs> don't do free work. Um, you can do spec work, right? But uh, invoice 100% all the time invoice. Um, I think if you put that label of free on something, you're just, you're devaluing your worth, your what you can deliver and you're just, you're just ruining it for everybody in the industry because guess what? Everybody else is charging. Everybody else is charging and you don't want people to go to you because you're the free guy or that you're the cheap person. You know Um, you're leaving money on the table. If everybody else is charging, why the heck aren't you charging? You're making like, not only are you undercutting every hello, like don't be stupid. Everybody else is making more money than you because they charge for it. So do your market research, know what people are charging. You can do stuff at, at like a discount array. I, I really don't think you should do free stuff. Maybe offer a discount like, hey, I'm, I'm, don't tell them like you're brand new and so you're going to do it cheap. Just say, hey, I'm offering a deal this month. Like it's going to be this invoice for the full price and then have a line item for the discount. Like always invoice for the full cost. Um, and then if you're going to do a discount, make sure that line item is in there. But 100% always, always, always invoice what the actual cost is. So people know what, what the cost is. And um, that way you can get rid of the discount down the road if you are discounting your work. That's the thing about, yeah, the, the repeat business, right? You In business, you want to do over and over again. So if you start really low, it's really hard. And I think you, you chat, you, you, kind of touched on this in your podcast with uh, peter lindgren um yeah it's hard to start low and then say yeah. hey i want to charge business more. 101 like you can always come down <laughs> yeah. it's a lot yeah. harder than go to go up so start up top and then like if someone needs a discount for whatever reason then you have that line item for a discount um, yeah. and then you can get rid of that down the road <laughs> but like it's a lot harder to go up than it is uh to go down cool so what are your plans for the next year? I don't know if you're a five-year kind of guy or 10-year or one-year. I'm myself. a fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants kind of guy. <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> we are both uh, like that as well. So you don't, do you have a plan at all for next year? Do, do you want to grow your channel? Do you want to grow the podcast? I assume you would. Are there any other things that you really want to do in the coming year? Yeah, I mean, I would love to see my channel grow a little bit more. I'm trying to be more consistent with the videos. It's just hard, right? Like they they take time. Um, it doesn't matter like how how often you've been doing it. They just they take time, and if they take time, they're taking time away from other things and mainly the business. Um, so, uh, yeah, of course, I want to grow the grow the channel. I'd love to try to 
figure out how to make more videos. And I'm still struggling to figure out that workflow of like when I can make videos, how often I can make videos. Um, I've dabbled in trying to do vlogs, you know, but I, I also love good quality and vlogs just aren't that great of quality all the time. Um, the, for the podcast, I just want to keep it consistent. I just want to keep it going. If I can keep it going and stay consistent I, with the podcast, I, I'm happy. And then when it comes for, to the business, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I want to grow my business. Um, I, yeah, events are starting to come back. So hopefully I can start getting into doing some more events. Um, I have inquiries coming on that for photography. Um, and then, yeah, if I can get the real estate stuff going and I would love to like maybe start outsourcing a shooter if I get busy enough and have a second shooter to go do jobs while I do other jobs. Um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the ultimate goal, right? Work less, Expand. play World more. Plus. Make more money. <laughs> world domination. Yep. That's that's the ultimate goal. Take over the world. So um if we want to give you some time to to plug your uh, your podcast and your channel, what would you say to people watching and listening? Uh I would say, you know, it, on your downtime, if you want to hear other creatives that have experienced what you're going through and have found success pursuing their creative journey um and their creative path. Absolutely. Give the show a listen. Uh, you'll probably benefit from it, hopefully. Um, if not, you'll at least maybe enjoy it. <laughs> um, and you'll you'll get to learn, you know, uh, from other creatives and 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 discover new creatives. Because um, while I've had, you know, big YouTubers on there, Pat Flynn, Sean Cannell, Peter Lindgren, uh, Donna Dennett, Cindy Dion's. And I've also had smaller creatives because they're going through the journey that you may be going through right now. So it's great to hear from them. So. Um, yeah, if you have time, go. Cool. Yeah, it's been great to to listen to him in my in my dog walks uh, in the last few weeks. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely uh, what I like about it is that you you get to know a part of the creator that you don't really see in the um, as Kevin would say the, the highlight reel, which is you know on your YouTube channel people only see you know five to ten minutes of of you mm. presenting something. They don't really yeah. see the real the real you behind the scenes, and I, I love that. Yeah, oh. the, in your show that you you cover. Yeah, quite a lot of yeah personal stuff how people deal with their their business side or what they do what did they do before becoming a, a creator so yeah it's, it's definitely a worth a listen thanks definitely man appreciate tangible it. content I've, I've listened to a lot of the episodes last week uh some excellent stuff there so definitely guys go check it out it's it's a very good podcast thanks man so Jared, thank you so much for coming on it was really really very inspiring stuff and uh we hope to be able to welcome you sometime again absolutely anytime guys thank you thank you thanks everyone for joining in